0: Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one.
1: Let's start. Hello, sports fans.
0: Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so
2: good to hear you back on the air.
3: Stand by.
0: Now, here's JP.
4: Alright, welcome in to the Tuesday edition of the JP Peterson Show. Good to have you in. T.J. Reeves, my good friend, will be joining me here momentarily as we get it rolling on. Uh, Nick Eddis will join us after 10.30. He's got some responsibilities with his on-three job, so we'll uh, allow him to uh, get that done today. we got lots to get to. It's obviously, more on the Wander Franco uh, situation, which I'll have some thoughts on here in just a second. Um, the Bucks back at work, but uh, won't be working as hard as they thought up in New York as they're going to only do one practice instead of two up in New York. <laughs> a little surprise for uh, Tampa Bay. The The Bucks cannot be happy about that in, in any way. I don't, I don't think the NFL would be very pleased with that either because uh, these things are set up long in advance and it makes you uh, look a little uh, untidy, so to speak, and that's something the Shield does not like very much, to look untidy whatsoever when it comes to... Um, PR and uh, you know, you schedule something, and the entire Buccaneers training camp schedule in some way is set up, knowing that they're going to have two of those practices. I'm sure that. That um, Todd Bowles was going to have Baker Mayfield probably take all the one reps in in the first practice and maybe Trask in the second. Not sure of that, but I'm sure there was some obviously thought thought that went into splitting reps and how they were going to split reps on in particular days. And then to suddenly you know get get cut in half uh, is is certainly not a professional thing to do by any sorts uh, from the from the Jets organization. But here we are, shocking development from from the Jets organization. Uh, so they'll only do one uh, practice, and, and as I said, that's a that's a something that um, uh, will certainly hurt the development of the Bucks players in some ways because they were, or evaluation is probably development, maybe not a good word, but evaluation that they were hoping to get. So uh, we'll get into a little bit of that with T.J. Reeves here in just a second. Before we get to um, uh, T.J., I just wanted to kind of hit a couple of points here on the Wanda Franco front to catch you up to what's going on since we last spoke. Um, Major League Baseball has now opened up an official investigation and has sent a team of investigators to uh, Wander Franco's hometown in the Dominican Republic. Uh, we've also learned that a complaint was filed on Wander Franco in July, July 17th, and Wander filed a countersuit um, to avoid extortion. In uh, July as well. So, some very public things that were reported in newspapers down in the Dominican Republic that went on. And for this to just finally hit in social media uh, some, you know, two, three weeks later is kind of interesting that it wasn't picked up on. I mean, uh, not that anybody's necessarily monitoring Dominican Republic uh, newspapers on a daily basis, but something of this type of importance and a public record. Uh, you would think the organization should be should have been notified. Certainly, Wanda Franco should have made his organization aware if there was a public complaint filed in this particular case, and it has to do with him having an inappropriate relationship with a minor. Now, we've also learned in the past 24 hours that the Instagram uh, profile of one particular woman that had some pictures with Wanda Franco that that many of us assumed that this was the girl who was shown driving a car drinking alcohol with a baby her own baby certainly didn't seem like she was underage in any way so that was kind of one of those things that 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 didn't make sense and now it appears that this is a another a young woman that is the subject of this so all of it is very unsavory uh clearly um it's not something that the um the the, the rays can certainly stomach at this particular point. And it's really sad when you think about the promise that this season gave us from a 27-9 start to where this team now has become uh, what they have become, uh, a team that has struggled on offense, but not last night. Great win last night, which we'll talk about as well. But a team that has lost their race and Shane McClanahan, who's not going to pitch. They've lost, what, three other pitchers, main pitchers that they counted on to Tommy John injuries or other um, season-ending injuries and it's it's just sad. And, you know, some of this obviously is self-inflicted. They could have gone out and gotten some more depth at the deadline, certainly in offense, and they did not. Um, something that we had talked about, many had talked about, even the Rays organization had talked about adding some big bats in the off-season. did not do that. And, you know, if the deals weren't right, okay, but they were certainly going to do that when it came to the deadline if needed. And, boy, if there wasn't signs of an offense that was in a funk and needed a little bit of... Uh, spice, uh, there it was for you. Two months of of offense that had gone into the into the, the the crapper, and certainly in the last month, one of the worst offenses in the American League. But they they did nothing, they added nothing, and now losing Wander Franco for a week and maybe more is certainly uh, something that will 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 hinder their chances to even make the playoffs at this point. You know, you want to win the division because it becomes so much more of an advantage, but it doesn't appear like that's going to be. Um, the case with Baltimore playing as, as well as they are, and the Rays kind of you know take even though they I think they've played better in the last few weeks. As you look ahead to a, to a rotation that includes uh, you know a, a Glass now who was fantastic last night, but has been you know certainly hit or miss uh, when it comes to the injuries. And now even Zach Eflin has really started to to labor his last few starts. So what do you really have um, uh, have have uh, t- to go on? So. Um, let me make sure we hit this button right there. I think I forgot to hit a button and we'll hit that right. There. Sorry about that, folks. Hopefully, hopefully we're up and running now. There, there we go. So that wonderful monologue that I just did only went out over our audio stage, but now we are on to our our StreamYard stage. So welcome aboard to another edition of the JP Peterson Show. We're sorry, uh, Nick is away, so I missed the hitting the premium button there, but knew we got some of it on. We'll uh, get a little. We'll get back to it a little bit later on. Let me bring in my good friend TJ Reeves before I screw this entire thing up. What's up, TJ? How are you, my
0: friend? Hey, I'm here to help and assist. You did a fantastic job. And for those who didn't hear it, I'll give them the Cliff Notes version. The wonderful. <laughs> Franco's story isn't going away anytime soon. It's got multi-layers. It's got more questions than answers. And what I am fascinated by, to pick up on your point, they, they played really well last night in San Francisco, for yeah. what it's worth. Yeah. And you wonder if this is addition by subtraction. I certainly don't cover that team and I'm not around it, but I've yeah. heard from More than one source, he's not well-liked at all in that clubhouse, Wander Franco we're talking about. So does this team maybe relax a little bit and play better and play more loose in the short term? And last night was just an early sample, an early indication that maybe that's going to be the case on this road trip. Um, And who knows how long that lasts, but I just thought I would add that in. I thought the monologue was outstanding, even if everybody didn't hear it <laughs> there at the, at the very beginning about not getting a bat at the deadline and yes. you need the depth, et cetera. Those are the things you were saying. But what do you make of my – I've said this all the time doing what we do, that sometimes it's addition by subtraction. If there's problems or distractions, yeah. sometimes that helps when those go away.
4: It, it, normally I think I would agree with you, but his talent is so overwhelming, right? And, and what he has been able to give this team over the last month – you know, batting uh, 411, I think it's it's been in just ridiculous numbers over the last month offensively, on a team that really really struggles offensively. But they didn't last night. Interestingly enough, Basabe, his replacement, got a big uh, two out, uh, two run RBI last night. That was a big deal, especially early in the game. Curtis Mead had three hits. Last night uh, it was a bullpen day for San Francisco. San Francisco wasn't their elite pitchers, but still, you know, you you like to see 18 hits. It was a it was a season high for for hits, I believe. So yeah, maybe maybe that is a little way. And I, you know, I, I didn't hear Glass now say it, but I read some of the quotes. And to your point, there seemed to be a little tinge in that that you know maybe we you know we're 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 going to free ourselves up a little bit here the clubhouse gets a little bit more tight. Um there's no question that, you know, the even though the Rays may not want to acknowledge this, but we've heard of the 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 friction between Wander and Randy. We know we know that's a thing. Um and it's not just Randy or Rosarena, by the way. And in as a as a um you know Wander Franco has not come into his rookie seasons and um his his big big league life in a demure way whatsoever. You know, he he bought a, a Rolls Royce. You know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of jewelry. He is not a a, a person who will will uh, you that you won't notice. You know, he is not a wallflower. And to a lot of people, especially in baseball, that's not how you do it. You know, we we know about the unwritten rules, right? That's not how you do it. You come in, you have your place as a rookie. And I'm not saying that's what everybody has to do. But it's you know it's it's certainly has rubbed people the wrong way, um, and now you you know it, for the Rays to go to the level of having to suspend him, I mean you know That's which right. they did and and going public you know with the, with the he's not a good teammate type deal, I mean these are extraordinary steps to take for a, for a, for a young player are they not? Well, what it
0: says to me, and you've been doing this for a long time too, we both have. It says to me that maybe veterans. We're trying to get through to him, and that wasn't working. And it basically became this guy, we got to send him some kind of message because he's a divisive figure right now. Again, all, all of this is just conjecture, but you can connect some of the dots with what you just said. You're sending one of the star players home. Go away for two days. Get away from us. For a couple of days and reevaluate what kind of teammate you're going to be on hustling, on not hot dogging, on getting along with the other guys in the locker room. And I think part of it is with the great start they got off to, a lot of, the, a lot of these guys realize this is the chance to maybe win something significant and get paid more when we don't make very much. And here you have somebody that's living it up because he's already cashed in big time at a very early age, and he doesn't appreciate that we're not in his situation. We're not guaranteed to be here in 2025, as you know, JP. It's not guaranteed that we're going to be in contention next year or in 2025. What about this year? What happened to right now? And doing it the right way and trying to win right now. So we'll see. You still got, what, 40-something games to go here can they do any damage in the playoffs as it currently stands? A lot of people are skeptical about that, but um, uh, we'll see. And, and look, you, you, you don't want to get too far ahead of all of this, but these are very serious allegations. And if it continues to come to light that you're talking about underage girl and charges and things like that, he may, it's, it's fair to say he may not play another game this season. You have to be ready for that possibility. Depending on how it progresses, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. I watched your show for a while yesterday, and you kept saying that you got to take his side of it. Um, again, I was having flashbacks, and we're going to tie this into the bucks here in a couple seconds. But when I saw the Instagram video in Spanish of him sitting in the clubhouse when they basically said, "Okay, you need to go home," yeah. he left the dugout on Sunday. He's in the clubhouse on social media on his phone refuting the charges that had come up. That is flashing me back to who? Antonio Brown and MetLife Stadium against the New York Jets, and I was right there, and we'll get into that whole story again if you want, Yeah, because we're still doing the game and doing the broadcast, and people are telling me he's on the Internet right now in an Uber, outside the stadium and in an Uber. He's on the Internet talking about the whole situation. This is how surreal and crazy it gets, and here it is again with with Wander Franco from Sunday.
4: What a great, what a great point! And, and you know, his teammates are walking by. Clearly, they have knowledge of the situation on Sunday. And this was another thing I pointed out yesterday. You know, you know, to have Kevin Cash go out there after the game and say this was just a normal day off. I mean, it's, I, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge deal. But I, I don't think Kevin Cash wanted to do that. Um, there should have been a spokesperson for. He said he should have said, "We're you know." We've got Eric Neander. Peter Bendix is going to speak to these, you know, to the allegations or what's going on with that. You know, to just, I, I, I just, I don't think that's that was well played by the organization.
0: I agree with you. But, you but can't, i will say, you I, can't put him in the position while he's been managing the game and doesn't even really fully understand what's going on to yeah. be the only guy that's going to talk about that. And then you release like a paragraph later that night about the situation. That was uh, that was a bit strange because it's unfair to him. He's a he's a tremendous manager and has had a lot of success and i am told that right after that scrum where you saw him yeah. being asked a question he left immediately after that in uniform and they went to have a powwow with him still kevin cash in full uniform to i'm sure for him to go what exactly is going on right. i've been managing the game yeah somebody want to help me out here yeah. and why am i the one answering for this yeah right he, now? Should,
4: he shouldn't have been um and, and Here's another thing, and I, I wanted to get some perspective of the Dominican legal culture. Um, so I, I, I talked to a couple of former baseball players, one of them who, who grew up in the DR. And I don't want to say this flippantly, but his, his, his feeling was, look, Major League baseball players in the Dominican Republic are royalty. They are royalty. And they have a feeling that they can do whatever the hell they want to do and there will be no repercussions. That is an undertone to the culture in the Dominican Republic. And I'm not saying, that the, I'm not saying this makes it right. It's, that's not what I'm saying. My point in saying it is, if you're, a, if you're a Rays fan and you think that this is going to derail his career, the message to me was, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. Is that they will. For fail. what
0: reason would this not derail it? According to who you talk to, that they'll make well, it as go we, away. As is as that the implication?
4: Even, even this country, if you have money and you have power and you have prestige, you don't go to jail. We, <laughs> or you don't even get tried for things. You don't even get indicted for things if you're a, if you have the power to do so. And these and these Major League Baseball players, Major League Baseball in general, there's a lot of money, there's a lot of influence, there's a lot of power. To, you know, And I, I don't want to say this flippantly, I don't want to say this disrespectfully. And we don't even know if the charges are true, by the way. And this, mm-hmm. is, a, this is a huge thing. We have already seen that there are extortion parts to this story. And yes. when you start talking about extortion... Okay, where they've been demanding $200,000 and Mercedes and, and whatever, the mother, this is allegedly true. When you see these reports as well, that is a huge red flag. That is the first thing that you say, okay, all right, now let's wait a minute here. So is this a money grab? Is, is, this, is this something that is being uh, fabricated? Uh, so there's, there's a lot going on here, and the last thing we should be doing is convicting Wanda Franco of anything before the, 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 the truth is known. And the truth is going to be a murky one. I'll just say that. And from what I've heard about how these things are taken care of, I would just say if I'm a betting person, this is not going to affect his long-term career. I hope what, I hope what it does is wake him the hell up, that there are serious consequences to your behavior um, no matter what the dalliances were, um, if they were serious in nature or whatever it ha- whatever you don't mess around with stuff like this. This is ridiculous. If as as a professional baseball player, people are coming after you all the time. I mean, this is this is something that certainly his mentors or whoever's mentoring has warned him against, and maybe he didn't heed those warnings. But I would just say, from what I've been told about the culture. And the legal culture down there, he would. this particular person would be shocked if his career was permanently in any way. In other words, that he would do any jail time or there would be any serious legal consequences. It may happen. It may happen. I don't know. But this is just what I'm relaying to you about some, someone that's way more in the know than, than I would be.
0: But bring it back to this situation. How quickly is that resolved that's by Major League guy. Baseball? Yeah. How quickly is it resolved for the race season? You don't know these things. We're no. dealing with it in real time. You don't know if this is going to take a week. Right. I would doubt. Da- I would doubt that he's completely cleared of all of this in a week. We don't know. But could this drag on? And how big of a distraction does it become if you start winning games again and you're right there in the thick of trying to win the division and get uh, a buy and get a and yeah, get a yeah. home field advantage situation? So and more to, to your come.
4: Point, to your point. More to come. If this yeah. if this team gels from this. You know, and that's not completely (laughs) improbable, right? Uh, If this team gels from this, you know, and Wander is, you know, available to come back, I mean, obviously he's a supreme talent. But then at that point, you really really want to reintroduce him to the locker room. And and I think a bigger question here, TJ, long term, is this who you want as part of your franchise? I mean, you've signed him to a 10-year, $182 million contract or 11 years. I mean, do you want him to be the cornerstone of your franchise now? If you're the Tampa Bay Rays, um, does the community great want him it's to a be a, a, a cornerstone of this franchise? You know, these are these are now you know questions that have to be asked within the organization. Um, so, I think long term, and, and and your your point, you know, how long does it take to get this resolved? I, I don't know that. Probably, I, w- I would think longer than a couple of weeks. But we saw with Ian Cole. And the lightning, that didn't take very long. You know, those were um those were those were allegations made on Instagram that turned out to be completely false. And he's exonerated, he came back, and he played as it should be. Same thing could happen with, with Wander right here. So especially when you're when extortion is involved, that's my expectation, honestly, that he will be cleared. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um you know, it's it's <laughs> the Rays
0: it isn't dull. No. It isn't dull right now. Never, Keeping never up with and talking about the Rays, that's for sure and they're still very relevant right now. Yeah. Down the down the stretch run of the season. And I, I um, said
4: I've said, you know, without Shane McClanahan, without Wanda Franco, they're not going anywhere. And I and I still believe that.
0: But Probably not.
4: Last night's, you know, performance by Tyler Glasnow was impressive. Coming off injury, extremely impressive. 13 swings and misses, they win 10 to 2, get 18 hits. He was phenomenal. Um, against a a very good San Francisco Giants team that's right in the the playoff hunt. They're in the the wild card right now. That's good
0: news. So, again, we can root for the team and the situation, and I root for all the teams here in the area, and we'll see if and when the Franco situation is resolved this week, next week, if it's resolved, and what do they do. And the one one other thing, and I know you want to talk Buccaneers, and then we'll scramble on, uh, is who is the leader? Who are the leaders or two? that will take back charge of this situation with him and say this, this stuff has got to stop, being a distraction has got to stop, being a better teammate has got to happen as a leader in that, in that room. and I, don't, I can't speak to who that is, but somebody's got to take charge in that clubhouse, well, as they call it in baseball, as a veteran, because this team has a chance to do some damage in September and October right well, now. You're Yandy there is, on the cusp.
4: Yandi is the elder statesman, right? But Yandy is a very, very quiet man. He is mm-hmm. not a, you know, a demonstrative leader in any way, and nor would I put him into the upper echelon category of you know, major league players that are you know universally um, you know, as a big-time major leaguer that's been around that people would look up
0: to. Right? But still, he's been on the team several years. Yeah. He's yeah. been an all-star. Yeah. He's older. And if, he, if it's not him, who else it's is nobody. it that's, that's my that point. can step forward yeah. and say as a leader – we're going to set the standard, yeah. the culture, the the importance of teamwork, of hustling and all of that. And maybe that's what they were trying to do earlier and it wasn't getting through. But I was, I
4: uh, you know, this is why at the at the deadline, I was like, not only do we need to bring in a Paul Goldschmidt or someone like that, that has the gravitas to to, to do that. Um, And there were, you know, there were a few players that may or may not have been available to to, to fill that role. I thought it was absolutely essential that they get a big bat and a veteran voice in that clubhouse for just this reason. They need it. They need it dramatically. They need that Kurt Floyd type of uh, player that, that could come in here like he did in 08 and be that guy. You need a you need a clubhouse. Cliff Floyd. <laughs> Cliff Kurt Floyd Kurt,
0: right. Floyd. Kurt Floyd, famous for free agency. Cliff Floyd, the yeah, veteran 08. Great Floyd, reference yes. on that. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, Not yeah. to be confused with Pink Floyd or uh, <laughs> Floyd Mayweather or Pretty Boy Floyd the Gangster or any other Floyd. I'm, I'm down with you Floyd on a little. Tuesday. Just having fun. Throw a Floyd, Floyd Little. little out yeah, there, yeah, right.
4: Uh, one of the great Floyds. <laughs> um, I think there's a Floyd in in in, in, uh, in Mayberry RFD, wasn't there? If That's there true. Was, yes. <laughs> if there was, there should have been. All Floyds. All Floyds. But listen, this this is a team that that is has talent, but it really I don't see the leadership. But you bring up a great point, direction.
0: and I know this is like the dark ages for Rays fans. But when they got really good in that 08 season, where you had Longoria and you had BJ Upton, help me out. You had Delvin Young. You had like three or four young players. A Cliff Floyd yeah. was, a, it was a veteran, Carlos a Pena. former all-star, and yeah. you've got Carlos Pena. You've got to have those guys. Yeah. You've got to have those guys that understand when it's winning time, when it's the most important time of the year, what's the standard, what's the culture, you know, think, hustle. We shouldn't be talking about hustle. We shouldn't be talking about hot-dogging and Cadillacing. No, you know, in, no. in September and October. And I think
4: I think a, a strong you know Latin influence would go far for this team. I think because I think these Latin players you know they, they gravitate towards Latin players and they look up to the older Latin players, and I think that's what this team really really needs. Especially he needs a mentor that he universally respects, and I don't think there's one on this team right now. In fact, he's, he's got more. He's got more bad blood with Arena um, you know, Manuel Margot might be that guy, but he's another, you know, very quiet guy and not, you know, you got to be a, a guy that's been around the league for a while to get that type of uh, that respect. And, you know, I think that's something that they're desperately missing. So we'll, we'll see how it goes down the stretch. But I, I, I am, I'm concerned for this team because just because how much they've lost and did not add. All right, so let's, let's uh, transition over to the Buccaneers, my friend, as the sideline Buccaneer man uh, joined us here. First of all, let me get your take from the sidelines on what you saw on Friday night. I, you know, I went back and watched the tape, and I was even more impressed with Baker Mayfield watching the tape. I thought he made all the right decisions, um, he was very protective of the football, took chances when he needed to, like on that touchdown throw, which was, holy
0: shit, Tremendous. that was fantastic. Yep. That was, a, I was that right was a, in pro- front of me. That was yes. a
4: professional throw, the trajectory of that ball, the anticipation, and Trey Palmer's catch of that football. Let's not diminish that in any way. That was a big-time throw in a big-time situation, third and six. Third and six in the red zone, when you turn a field goal into a touchdown with individual excellence like that, that's playmaking, that's difference making.
0: Well, and there's the experience of having played for the last four years plus and having played, it started over 60 games, and having led a team to the playoffs and won a playoff game. You saw composure. You saw him on the run. I know you guys were talking about this on the show yesterday. The yeah. mobility, the ability to throw on the run, and even that even that throw was a rollout, set your feet. And again, uh, I get a privilege of being down there that close. I was on about the five-yard line, so my vantage point was looking right, Here at Baker, here's the ball in the air, and I spot receiver, and I don't identify immediately, instantaneously, that it's Trey Palmer, but I see receiver who does a great toe tap as I look to my left, and I'm thinking immediately what I always think, welcome to the NFL. Mm. That was an NFL Mm. throw and a big-time NFL catch from a rookie receiver that has a lot of potential. Mm. You know, it's very early. Who knows if he's going to have any impact whatsoever, but Trey Palmer looked good the other night. And and I think, generally speaking, Baker Mayfield showed you why he's more than likely going to be the starter when the season begins. But I don't think that's 100% Mm -hmm. settled just yet because they want to challenge Kyle Trask for what he looks like in this singular practice with the Jets this week and what he looks like at the beginning of the game on Saturday. So you leave open the possibility that if he plays really well, maybe it is a debate going into the final preseason game and the final couple of weeks before you suit up with the Minnesota Vikings.
4: You know, I've kind of gone to this, both things can be true thing. I
0: mm-hmm. think,
4: and first of all, I, I have some, some knowledge that what I reported is spot on. I think the organization has, has for a long time, felt like, look, we, you know, when the schedule came out, we're opening up at Minnesota. You've been there, even the new building, just like the old building. It's yes. the loudest building in the NFL by far. It's a very intimidating environment. You know, given unless Kyle Trask showed like showed Dan Marino like abilities, <laughs> he was not going to start that game now, it, which doesn't mean he's not in a competition. I think this, this organization right. very much wants to say, okay, we're, we're gonna start, just like if Trask were a rookie, you don't, you don't want to go out and start these guys right away in a hostile environment like that and just destroy their confidence in game one. That would be stupid. So, yes, he's got a guy with sixty-eight or 69 starts under his belt in the NFL, and he's playing really well. Of course he's going to get to start. Does that mean Trask has no, no chance to, to break through? No. And if, if, if Baker Mayfield comes out and is, you know, has a 100 quarterback rating for the first five games, maybe Trask never gets a shot. But you know what? We don't care. Because <laughs> we got a Right,
0: that's a good problem to have. Because you you probably won right. three or four of the first five. Exactly. And nobody's right.
4: nobody's looking for to give anyone any opportunities. We're we're trying to win a, a division here. Like for God's sake, you play to win the game, right? So, uh, so I think Trask is going to get his shot, and he and the, and the and ev- it, this is the brilliant way to go about it. You, because if, if you'd have said Baker's the guy, you, you don't have the competition. You don't have the edge. You know, Trask, even as hard a worker as he is, is going to gonna be, oh, jeez, I don't even get an opportunity. No, you want him engaged. You want him feeling like he's going to get his shot, and he's going to get his shot. It may be week two. It may be week three four. I don't know. But I think he's going to get a shot at some point to show what he can do in a live NFL game. Would you agree? And
0: you don't right, Yes, and you don't want this, but what if there's an injury? We keep right. talking about this on your show, and exactly. I'm going to keep saying this. It you happens. have to have Kyle Trask ready to go even if he's not the starter, in the event of an injury early on uh, in the year. So I'm, it will be very interesting this week. The one practice is going to be tomorrow with the Jets. Uh, I, I know from what I've been told from multiple sources, they are less than thrilled. Yeah, I'll just put it that way, that's, that there's not two practices with them because that's what they've been led to believe all along. So they're now going to end up uh, practicing at an alternate location on Thursday, and I really wonder, just one more thing real quick, does this necessitate that you're going to get some other work in with some guys in the first quarter of the game yeah. that you maybe were not going to do had you practiced twice with them because without getting into all of the minutiae, there's only so many padded practices you can have. That's part of what the motivation is here from the Jets, but there's no restriction on the first quarter and the second quarter of the game Saturday nope. night. Nope. So Get some guys out there that maybe weren't necessarily going to play or play a lot and let them run around. And I think this is another important point, too. If you're going off the premise that most everybody's not going to play in the third game with Baltimore next week, you're talking about that Saturday night is the last time for live action against an opponent for three-plus weeks now before you get to the Viking week. That's right. So – I think you may see, I don't know this, you may see some more of the starters longer. Maybe some guys that weren't going to play as much will play longer to get used to hitting, blocking, tackle to the ground, that kind of thing. Let's just see how it plays out. Let's see how they look against the Jets by everybody's account tomorrow, and then let's see what it looks like Saturday night. It would also not surprise me if you see some starters play in the first quarter of the third preseason game for this same reason. Because, again, you and I go back to the era when, there were four preseason games, right. the fourth one nobody ever played because you were gearing up like eight or nine days later to start the regular season. Now you've got two full weeks. You've essentially got a bye week. Labor Day right. week and weekend is a bye week. Right. So if you don't play in the, in the third preseason game, you've got three weeks really without live hitting, blocking, tackling, for the most part. Which
4: is no good. That's not the way to, to get a team ready. And I, listen, TJ, I have a little bit more leeway than you do as I don't work for the Buccaneers. Right. I was not okay with resting 16 starters last week. The Steelers didn't do that. Mike Tomlin seems to get his teams ready. Uh, you know, Andy Reid didn't do that. Bill Belichick didn't do that. I look around the league, nobody's doing that. Uh, Todd Bowles, I, I, I'm not, I'm sure he had his reasons to do so, but to me, this is a team that's developing. If there's any team that needs to be playing their starters longer, especially along the offensive line to get some chemistry going, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I did not understand that at all, but I tell you what, I guarantee you something that was part of that decision. He had two practices, not one, but two practices against the Jets next week, and I bet if he if he knew there was only going to be one, he would have played his starters. So Very that's, well a, that's why this decision by the Jets is clown show, bro. This is this is this is not NFL. You don't do this in the NFL. I'm, I'm like this is. I'll, I'll be watching Hard Knocks to find out what exactly. But am I wrong? You've been around the league a while. You don't do this right. shit.
0: This is this is this well, is really especially when this has been on the books yes. for a while in the off season that you were coming to do this. And like you said, you're planning your training camp. You're planning your travel. You're planning on when did you practice Monday? When are you practicing or not Tuesday? And what time? And then you travel, and yeah. then you go and have the practices, plural, with the other team. So I think ultimately it gives us something to talk about here for this week, and maybe again, maybe they were intending to have most of these guys play the whole first half anyway yeah. on Saturday, but we may get more of the starters for the whole first oh, half and beyond on Saturday with yeah, this game with the to. Jets, and we'll Listen. see. We'll see. By the way, real quick, because I know you've got to go. No, very impressed good. with servossier Dennis. you
4: for a while. When do you have to go?
0: Whatever you need, servossier <laughs> Dennis at field level, very impressive, on that game, and then I've I've seen some of the the TV copy of the game. Uh, Yaya Diaby, the same thing. The young guys that are that are we're looking at at you know can they make a contribution? That will be. Those are two guys that it was very interesting to watch them in, in their development. Uh, and again, Trey Palmer at wide receiver. And I know good. you talked a lot about the offensive line and the right side of the offensive line. Let me just say again, you know where I'm coming from. I work for the team. Give it a couple of preseason games to see if it develops more. There is no substitute for the live action and the live reps. You're exactly right. Cody Mauck is out there going, holy crap, whether he wants to admit it or not, I'm blocking a Pittsburgh Steeler in the NFL. Yeah. This is not North Dakota State anymore. Yeah. So you got to give them some opportunity to develop, to work with the new offense, the new offensive coordinator over the next couple of games, and then let's see what it looks like. I keep I keep hearing people talk about Lou Gedecky, and I saw a couple of people push back that, that Gedecky looked better on film when they watched, and that one of the sacks was not really his fault that he gave up. Okay, here's the reality, folks. If Luke Yedeky is not doing well in this practice with the Jets and, and the game on Saturday, they're going to continue to ongoing evaluate, and somebody else is going to get the shot probably at right tackle. It's a competition at that position, and I know you know that. It's not just going to be his like job it, no, TJ, handed to him, TJ, as it should it, be.
4: This is why I asked Todd Bowles that question in the post-game post presser. You know, it doesn't look like there's competition. It, to me, it looks like Cody Malk. And, and Gedecky have
0: been given these jobs, but they have a they have a couple of other guys that can play right tackle, like you mentioned. You could move Robert Hainsey to right tackle if you wanted to, depending on Ryan Jensen's situation That's at center. An issue, yeah. Uh, again, they are they are in ongoing evaluation mode, and if it's bad, if in their judgment they see that it's bad, they're not married to this to start against the Minnesota Vikings, as you mentioned, in that environment with the loud crowd against a tough pass rusher. Oof. So let's just let's just see. The next couple of games, what it looks like, and their actions will speak louder than words. Yeah, I, we'll, I would. We'll I it.
4: would say I probably. I probably. I would not normally go in that tough on a first preseason game, especially for you know a rookie and Cody Mauk, and I'm not. You know, I'm not circling him just yet. He needs to. I talked to him after the game, and he was. He admitted he was a little wide eyed. You know, he's like my. You know, my te- technique wasn't as good as it needs to be. The penalties as a group were, were outrageous on the offensive line. He knows he needs to be better, but I don't expect him to be a seasoned vet. You know, Gedicki's got seven starts in the NFL, and none of them were very good, quite frankly. And and now and now I see more evidence that I just don't know if he's got that dog in him. That's 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 a necessity. I mean, he wants to talk about being a glass eater. I ain't seen it. Um, you know, he starts stuff because he he plays through the whistle. And, you know, that doesn't mean you're playing well just because you're taking a little extra liberties, you know, at the echo of the whistle. Uh, that doesn't make you a glass eater to me. You know, pancake somebody. Pancake somebody. Instead I did of see
0: pancakes. somebody put this on social media for what it's worth. He did have a block in the run play where he eradicated a guy and wiped yeah, him out. So I there's, some good, yeah, yeah, there's saw, some good, there's some good, some bad. And I love it because now we're scrutinizing play on yeah, the field. We're no, longer, we're no longer talking about contracts and hypotheticals. We're watching them play on the field, and we'll see what happens with the Jets for this yeah, week in, in at, preseason and, game number two.
4: And listen, being critical of football players and you know decisions, that's what this is all about, right? This that's is the right. NFL. This is you're being a fan. That's what we do. And if organizations or coaches get – you know, the great ones don't care what, what I'm saying. <laughs> they don't give a rat's ass.
0: Last time I checked, we, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this for 30 years, believe it or not. You've been doing it for a long time, too, 25, 30 years. We don't get anybody out, do we? No, we, have we don't better. tackle anybody. I, I don't block shots. I didn't yeah. even need my day block shots. But I've, I've seen this that's uh,
4: pretty consistent, though. The yeah. organizations, the coaches that start getting rabbit ears and start reacting to stuff that they hear or whatever, they don't last long. They don't last True. long because they are focused on something completely that they shouldn't be. Dirk Cutter was the king of that. You know, when he was an offensive coordinator, he did, I thought he did a hell of a job. When yes. he became a head coach, he suddenly, you know, saw spies behind every microphone. You know, <laughs> it, was like, it was like the Russian KGB was, was on, it was in on every right. question. And he was worried about, and, and when you start worrying about that, it, it, you are you. You got issues. You got issues. So, and I'm not saying that these this group is. I'm not saying that that that, that, that the Bucks are, um, but they. You know, they, they, again, it doesn't matter what the hell I say or what you say. Gettiki has got to get right, and they've got a lot riding on him because, you know, this organization there's not a whole lot of backup to go to if Gettiki doesn't work. Um, and 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 to be fair, one of our our our. our um, commenters pointed out yesterday, you look at these draft picks, Gedeke, Mauck, JTS, Kyle Trask, I'm forgetting one more. Oh, Logan Hall. These are all second-round picks or first-round picks. They have not yet made the impact that they need to make. Now, listen, Jason Light, to me, has done a phenomenal job, a phenomenal job the last six, seven years, and he deserves – all the credit for that, and he has, and I don't think he gets as much credit as he deserves, quite frankly. But those guys that I just mentioned are high draft picks, and their story has not been written yet, not even close. But what we're seeing at this point, at this point,
0: the production well, – Okay, I got you, and I heard the point yesterday. Cody Mautz played one preseason game. Exactly. Uh, Cody Mautz comes out of a lineage of Ali Marpet and Alex Kappa, who both were really good out Slam of dunks. small schools. Slam so dunks. in Jason Light, we trust – on that one. Logan Hall, we didn't call his name very much last year, nope. so that one's got to be better because he, he was the first round pick last mm-hmm. year, essentially, because they traded out of the first round. Right. He was up at the top of the second round. By the same token, three names from last year's draft alone, Rashad White, K Dot and Jake Camarda. How did they do? Pretty out of last good. year's draft?: Pretty damn. Good. So let's just give this some time oh, yeah, but from la- you know absolutely. this from last year and this year to see how it develops. And right now. Joe Tryon Shoyenka is being pushed because there are other guys oh, that yeah. can play, mm-hmm. including Yaya Diaby, who you drafted, Cam Gill back from injury. You saw him Love show Cam up the Gill. other night. Love Cam Gill. So Shaq Barrett back from injury. Mm-hmm. That playing time is going to be earned at outside linebacker pass rush so let's see that's the challenge to him we'll find and out. i
4: love it and, and that's and that's the great that's a great part of it you know these guys know they're on the clock and you like you say they're being pushed so i expect to see something out of all of them and, and we all And plus especially when it comes to jts and um, um, uh, Luke um you know these second year, third year guys. This is when you start to really pop, right? This is when we expect you to to really pop. It takes it takes a while in the NFL. You know, if they were superstars by now, you know that would be the exception. But this year, they need to show something, and I expect them to. I expect them all to. Cody will probably. Cody's going to struggle in, in early on. It's just that's just going to happen. But they see a lot of promise in him. And that's, you know, that's part of the game, too. You, is a, you have to be patient as an organization. You can't be panicky. can't be like a daily talk show host critic, criticizing guys after a freaking, you know, one, one preseason game. But, you know, they didn't play well. I mean, I'm just simple as that. I'm not giving up on them, but, but, the, but you have to have the long view. If you're the organization of course and that's they do. what
0: they have. Yeah. And we'll find out. And uh and again, this is the fun part because it's all the evaluation and you're all you're gearing everything towards the Minnesota game mm-hmm. and the regular season game. But this is this is a fun week because you should see a lot of starters for a long time in yeah. that game Saturday night to get a good uh, to get a good look at it. So
4: I, I did talk to your good friend Tiki who you did games with last week, yes. and you're not doing games with this year.
0: That's he, correct. And
4: he did say, thank God I get away from that dude. He,
0: <laughs> he promoted up. I mean, it's, a story, it's the story of uh, my career, and to an extent you are. Yes, These exactly. people that were around all ascend, <laughs> and we're still doing the same stuff we're doing. I don't know what that says what about them and what that says about us, but we still we're, have a lot of fun uh, family, doing this. But good good for Tiki And how about this? Tiki Barber's first game, Buccaneer fans, with CBS full-time in a three-man booth with Andrew Canelon and Matt Ryan, do you know this, is Minnesota Vikings-Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I that's, did not know That's this. a CBS game. Oh. So my man Tiki needs a little intel from the Buck sideline guy now. Because yeah. CBS will show that game. So Channel 10 in our market, CBS all over the state, I'm will have... Matt Ryan. Course, with Matt Ryan and Andrew stays. Catalan, it will yeah. be Vikings Buccaneers Week One and Tiki Barber on the call oh, we'll of uh, of the Buccaneer it. opener in Minnesota. We'll
4: get both those guys on uh, on game week for sure. We'll get, and uh, yeah, Tiki, we, I really had a great time chatting with him. Um, so he does he know anybody else that knows anything about the Bucks?
0: Uh, maybe, yeah. By might, the way, with his brother. Yeah. I mean, and, and it was so special to watch both of them and how intertwined they've oh, been because you so know, funny. I have identical twins with the right, daughters right. and it's, it's just amazing when they were showing the stuff uh, on how they have their own language and their own communication at times where they make these mumble chirp noises or whatever, and they yeah. know what they're saying to each other and they sit with their head cocked the same way watching TV and they walk off and they're walking the same yeah. way. And it's the same thing with Rondé and Tiki. yeah. Uh, it's, ama- it's amazing to watch that and two tremendous football people. And I keep saying this to you, uh, phenomenal human beings away from yes. the field. Yes. Tiki got a bad rap for a lot of what was going on in New York. Tiki Barber does a lot of amazing things that people don't know anything about for charity, for kids, yeah. for people with disabilities, all kinds of things. These are phenomenal people, yeah. the Barbers. Yeah, so root, I, uh, I root for them. I have fun. a
4: little bit of insight into that. And... Um... You know, I'm not going to trash anybody on, on on the air, but Tiki's a good man. Tiki's yes. a good man. He dealt with a lot of crap. He dealt with a and lot. And
0: listen, he has worked. He has worked very hard yeah. in our business right now. After being embarrassed and yep. fired by NBC, and if he was sitting here with us, he would admit this. That maybe he was not. Ready for that big of an assignment, NBC News, The Today Show, or yep. whatever. Yes. So he got cut in half, brother, from a broadcasting standpoint. Yep. And now he has worked hard. He has uh, increased his knowledge base of other sports besides football, baseball, hoops, whatever. So he's doing afternoon drive on WFAN, excuse me, it's in New top. York, the number one media market it's in the country. Top. And it's deserved because he knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. He's now ascended to doing network TV games every week on CBS, which there's only a select few of those jobs every weekend on CBS and Fox. Mm Mm-hmm. It's because he has worked his butt off to do it. And I saw it week after week doing radio with me. Thank God I didn't anchor him down from being able to move up. JP.
4: <laughs> hey, are you excited about the college football season? Cause I am. Cause after yes. you, number it's eight. all, it's
0: all here in like 10, 10 11 days, right? It's yeah. all, it's all about to be here. And weekend, weekend number one, Tiki is not with me. But I think I shared this with you, maybe not. Right here on FanStream JP. I will get to work West Virginia, Penn State on wow. National Radio wow. at Happy Valley. Holy Lavar shit. Arrington, the former Nittany Lion, the former Washington Redskin football team commander. Yeah. Lavar Arrington will be my analyst, the former Penn State star. I may have to hold him down in oh the booth. God. For that game at Happy Valley, 100,000 strong for Penn State hosting West Virginia. So that's the first game I'll do, and I'll kind of fill you in as we go on games I get to do nationally. So, yeah, I'm ready. I- I'm ready to see what it looks like for this year. I
4: love my college football. You know, realignment yes. is what it is. Um, I, can, I can see, you know, honestly, I can see FSU in, in, uh, in the SEC. I can see them in the Big Ten for some weird reason. I kind of like the idea of FSU going to the Big Ten. <laughs> I, I don't know
0: why. At what point do these conferences? I know this is not your total point, but the Big Ten and the Big Twelve got to come up with another name. If oh, they've got uh, twenty guess, or yeah. twenty-four or thirty-two teams, yeah. what are we doing what anymore? We, what are we doing?
4: Um, yes, but I just like I, you know. I know, but I don't want. I, I want to play Florida every year, so right. if it means it's not playing Florida going to the the Big Whatever Ten. Um, then I, you know, I, I, but I, I, I assume that we'll still have the rivalries with Miami and Florida. All right. But I like the idea of, you know, even USC, UCLA, you know, Wisconsin going up to Mesh, Michigan, the Bay Ohio House, state, the horseshoe, the happy Valley. You know, Mm -hmm. that's just, to me, it's a bigger brand. It's a more national brand if you're FSU, you know.
0: Well, when they were independent, right, with the time you got there and right before, they were always playing those teams as an independent.
4: That's how they made their name. Bobby went on the road to Nebraska and Ohio State. Yes. And and beat them, you know. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, yeah, absolutely. So I think, yeah, there's some legacy to that. And I just think it's a more interesting place to be. You're going to play the SEC schools, as I said, with Florida. You're going to play them in bowl games you you can you are know, going to play them in playoffs so you still have that you know those opportunities but i just i just like it I, you know maybe i'm crazy everybody wants to be in the sec you know to me that just seems very regional i'm like thing
0: why i love fanstream JP. Do you realize that we have flown past like what would normally be two breaks yeah. and we're just going brother whatever you need oh jesus whatever far, you need we're i'm here for
4: i and you have probably got to go you know
0: I'm all I'm all good for about another three minutes if you need me. Anything I, else I, in the next three I can't minutes? Even, or I remember? have to bend
4: down to see my clock. It's so small, so uh, I said clock. Um, but thank you for coming on. Um, I, I'm looking forward to having you on each and every week. We'll talk some bucks and college football. Absolutely. You're the best in the business, man. I really appreciate well, it.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And Buccaneer fans, let's see what it looks like against the Jets for this weekend. I'm happy to jump aboard uh, with you here. It's great to have all of this back and uh and the and the games will be for real soon enough as we as we ramp up to all of this with the buccaneers well, stay tuned Aaron on this. it's always great to be with you brother
4: say, say hello to Aaron Rodgers for us up there while you're on the sideline <laughs> I
0: I don't I don't know how close I'm going to get to him and I'd get a I, I would bring home. I would mortgage the house he's not going to be in uniform once the game begins he might be in uniform to warm up and then go change out of it but Apparently, he's not playing in the game. So whatever it looks like, it's going to be in the practice, and we'll see it on Hard Knocks later yeah. on what the practice looks like against the Buccaneers. We'll find out.
4: All right. Thanks, partner. Appreciate it. The Always group. great to be TJ with you, brother. Reeves. All right. We'll take, uh, we'll take a break, and we'll come back on the other side. Nick Geddes will, will rejoin me here, and uh, we'll, we'll get some more into uh, the Wander Franco situation, which you may have missed at the top, many of you, and uh, much more on the Bucs, the NFL, college football coming your way. J.C. Allen from Peter Report will join us at 1130 as well. Stay with us. here for the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S. Call for a free case evaluation, 888-9-JEEVES. That's 888-9-J-E-E-V-E-S. We're local, we're trusted. The law firm brings over 80 years of combined legal experience focusing on clients in Tampa Bay, the state of Florida, and national class action cases. If you're injured, get that free case evaluation, no cost to you. The Jeeves Law Group's focus is on auto, truck, and motorcycle accidents, as well as class action and consumer protection law. Scott Jeeves is a board-certified civil trial lawyer and a certified circuit court mediator practicing in the Tampa Bay area for over 30 years. You hear him on the show all the time. Great guy, big Gator fan, and great for the community. The G's Law Group is a highly skilled team with years of experience that will apply their skills, expertise, and knowledge to assist individuals who have been in an accident with compensation for damages, lost wages, medical expenses, pain and suffering, and property damage. Get that free case evaluation, 888-9222. Jeeves, that's eight 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 nine J jeeves Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional, targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bammc.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or bammc.com. (音楽) We'll be right back. back. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, And then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact with the new laws 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work, you save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877 652 Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877 652 Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audio, visual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF, they did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers, if you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions they are awesome.
0: Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on fan stream Sports.
2: It's only just begun. All
4: right, welcome back. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S, Uh If you have gotten in accidents or need any type of legal help whatsoever, the Jeeves Law Group is what it is all about, my friends. Uh, he's got Jeeves, big Gator fan. He'll be in here on Thursday. To uh, kick off our Gator football reports with Scott Carter from FloridaGators.com, as we did last year, and looking forward to seeing him, and looking forward to uh, chatting about all things college football. I just love my college football, and I cannot wait to to see the Florida Gators open up at Utah, uh, t- a team they beat last year, and um, I think that was a that was a bit of a surprise to me. I thought Utah was going to win that game, and you know, Anthony Richardson played tremendously well in that game, and um, it kind of showed you. What kind of coach Billy Napier is number one, and I I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be just fine. So I'm looking forward to this Gator season.
3: Yeah, first of all, glad to be back on here or on here today for the first time. Yeah, hope you were able to hold it down there for the first 45 minutes. Of course, I effed it up. (laughs) I didn't
4: hit go live. You forgot to tell me that, right? I'm supposed to – the most important
3: thing. I don't know that's how it went. Yeah, but. no, I'm a moron. <laughs> well, it's my fault. Well, but I can blame it on you. Yeah, but it's all it's all good. No, the Florida game I thought was like – just because you, you brought it up, I thought that game was almost like a blessing and a curse last year because – and it's because these polls, these polls that come out. hmm What if Florida, they went all the way up to 12? They did. After that? Yeah. And people were talking, Anthony Richardson-Heisman and Florida, you know, Contender in the SEC East and all that kind of stuff because you beat Utah. It was a really yeah. big moment, and then it like quickly everything came down to earth.
4: Didn't, I'm trying to think back if it was last year. Was the, the,
3: the USF game? That was uh, 2021. They played USF, yeah. and that was when my that was when at least we first got our real look at Anthony Richardson yeah. when he went off from yeah. a running standpoint. Yeah, but USF almost won that game. Yeah, they were they were in it. They were in
4: the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Anthony Richardson, and now with the Colts, obviously, and everybody, you know, in consensus believes that he's going to start. I think well, he's that was have, that
3: was announced today, actually, officially that
4: he's going to start. Yeah,
3: Shane, Shane Steichen said he's going to start.
4: It's going I think it's going to be a little <laughs> rough go for him. I, I went, I'll be
3: honest. I went back and watched some of the throws he made yesterday because yeah. I think everybody was focusing on the pick, and I'm guilty of it. Yeah, guilty no, he me. made some good throws. He made some da- like he made one really good throw over the middle where he it was like a small window, got it in a tight win. It was against the Bills' number one defense, so it was pretty good. And then he had another running play where he absolutely trucked somebody and yeah. he looked. Like Cam Newton esque a little bit. That's who he is. Like you get like the the, the WTF plays from the good standpoint, mm-hmm. and then you get the WTF from a bad standpoint, and that's yeah. just what you're going to have to live with with Anthony exactly. Richardson.
4: Exactly. That's why I say it's going to be a, a little bit of a rough go. And here, they need is
3: Jonathan Taylor needs to be there too. Yeah, big time. Then you, and he's back in camp, I guess. But he told them I'm not I'm not practicing until I'm fully 100. percent
4: Did you see the stupid shit that Ursay tweeted out? The Tom Petty. Uh, line.
3: I probably need to just go ahead and follow Jim Ursa because yeah. I'm sure he's a good follow with his tweets.
4: He just I, he can't help himself. He just has to, you know, absolutely insult Jonathan Taylor at every every chance he yeah. gets. It's just the dumbest
3: crap See, that, ever. That's a running back I would pay. Thank
4: you. Thank you, Glazers. Thank you for being sane owners. <laughs> Literally. And, and just like staying away. Staying in the background, you know, give just writing checks. Um, you know, they do, when they, they step in when they need to.
3: Um, but they—it's—it's it's, it's so funny. Like you brought up the Glazers, and like, you know, they just put together that great party for Rondé, oh, and like, they goodness. stay out of things here. <laughs> and then I'm watching. Yesterday was the first game of the Premier League for Man United, and right when they were coming out of the tunnel, right there over there's just flags and banners of "Give us our t- our club back." Glazers out. Like it's just crazy. Every time I see like the juxtaposition of how we Why feel did they about sell it. The team? I don't know. It's been. It's just like delayed. It's there, to like the laying in. I don't know what they want to do there. But you got like a seven billion dollar offer on the table. I, I take know. it.
4: Like, wh- why did you deal with that crap? Those crazy people. Over yeah, there.
3: It, it feels like, like Avram. Take your money and like, run. It feels like Avram Glazer. Like I don't know how involved he is with the Bucks. It seems not, like the, not at all. Yeah, at all. it seems like he's mostly the focal point of the Man United. Yeah. yeah. Is Avram, and yeah. he doesn't really have much to do with the Bucks.
4: No. Like, you never see him,
3: right? Because he's mean, over there. See
4: Darcy and, and Brian and Joel. I don't even think I saw him at. At Rondé's thing,
3: yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. I think he's mostly running the Man United side of things because yeah. he's always the one that's in the papers over there. Well, it's interesting I mean, though. Yeah,
4: if I if I were that rich, I'd cash that sucker in. <laughs> I'd cash that sucker in <laughs> and give me some gold bullion and move on. Um, all right, yeah. It's, unfortunately, my my monologue at the first part was. Just went out over the audio and not the not the stream yard. So, you know, in talking about wonder, and I I spoke with somebody, a a ball player, um, a major leaguer from the DR, and just kind of asked him about you know the the legal culture over there. And you know, I I don't want to say that he chuckled about it, but it was just like (laughs) nothing's going to happen to wonder, nothing's going to happen to wonder. He he thinks in the long term, like he believes that you know, and and rightfully so that. the culture over there, um, not rightfully so, is probably not the way to say. It, but factually, the culture over there: these guys are gods. They're gods. These major league baseball players are gods over there. They have tons of power. They have tons of money. And if you're a, you know, just like in this country, let's not be foolish. You know, our legal system bends to political and and powerful people. I mean, that's just the way the world works, unfortunately. And you know, with especially with there being a a a um, extortion part of this deal that is already out there. Okay, that that they wanted money and wanted cars and and whatnot. And once once that is brought up, there's huge red flags. So, and I'm not trying to diminish what he may or may not have done, but I'm talking from a legal standpoint. Um, the people that have grown up in that country and have played major league baseball and understand how the system works over there, basically saying. If you think that Wander's career is going to be derailed by this, like he's going to do jail time, significant jail time, that's not going to happen. That's their opinion, but he just believes that that's not. And I'm just passing that on to the people of somebody who knows this, because I know nothing about their legal culture whatsoever. Um, So take that for what it's worth. Uh, You know, if he did something horribly wrong and he's not going to be punished for it, that's horrible. That's horrible.
3: Yeah, and unfortunately... I'm, unfortunately living in,
4: I'm living in the real world here. Yeah, like We're not... And anybody who says they know for a fact what
3: happened here... Well, look at... And I, I told this to you. I mean, look at... This is obviously a lot different, but look at the Deshaun Watson situation. Do we? Thank you. Do we really even know... We have an idea of what we think we know, but do we really know? No. Right? And did Deshaun Watson face any jail time or any no. imprisonment for that? No. No. He's gonna play this season. He was got never a, arrested.
4: Was never indicted.
3: Right. He got an 11-game suspension, and then it just becomes to you know public the court of public opinion at that point of how do you feel about? Are you willing to accept this as fact? You know, if nothing happened or did happen, that, it becomes that kind of situation. So the whole thing is very hairy. Um, but to be honest, I think given the fact that again the world we've come around and we're still working on this, but we have to take these things serious and not just do the old. Oh, well, you know what? That's fine. You know, she's lying probably. Like, we can't do that now anymore. We, have to, we owe it to do thorough investigations on these things because for too long, let's be honest, as a society, we've hid these things. Of course. If this happened 20 of years course. ago, we all would be going, oh, no, she's full of crap. You know, it's, yeah. it's fine. If he did it, whatever, he'll still play. We can't do that anymore. So you have to look at it from all angles. Now I think we owe it to the, the well, accusers here. I,
4: and I'm not saying that um, what I said is 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 right or wrong. We don't know the facts of the case. Um, what I'm saying, you know, it, it's sad that it is that way. That our legal system bends to the powerful and 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 rejects the powerless. Right. You know, and that's our legal system. It didn't used to be that way in our legal system. Um, it is now. They're, without question, it is. And that's sad. That's sad that the powerless, you know, that 14-year-old girls don't have much power. And especially in a situation like this, where you have powerful people, Major League Baseball, um, these deities that are Major League player. Wander Franco is a god in the Dominican Republic. And, you know, any attorney general that is going to try to, you know, make a case against him, better have a damn good case. Right. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, I'm just telling you what the reality is. So if you're a Rays fan and you think here's the thing about the Rays fan, do you want Wander Franco as the foundation of your team moving forward? If you're as an organization, do you want him around? I think right now, my sense I get from the Rays is they don't. I think I think they've had enough of it already. And I think they I think they're they are regretting their decision to give him this much money and guarantee him this much money this early in his career. I think they're regretting that decision right now.
3: It's I I, again I can't I can't imagine As good as
4: he's been the last month and a half, I think they're probably saying
3: we effed up. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine what they're thinking. Again, he is the he's the face of the franchise. He is. We talked about how the teams marketed, you know, a lot better this season, things like that. Who's been the focal point of that marketing? Wander Franco. Eh, Randy. Randy to a point, yeah. Lane, yeah, but you know the fact that the Rays, I guess, scrubbed everything Wander-related off of their their social media. That's a um, big deal. You know, I saw Randy put out a hype video yesterday, which I thought was appropriately timed. It's almost like he was trying to get everybody back on board with the team. It's the way I took it, and it was a it was like a one minute like hype video, and Wander was nowhere in the video. Every other player was, except for Wander, and this is something that Randy put out. So
4: was it was it created by the team though? Could you tell? Was it?
3: It was very well done. It looked like it, the team might have created it, but it did not have Wander in it, and Randy had posted it.
4: Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I, I think, from once again, don't, don't listen to what they say. Look at what they do. Obviously, the Rays are wanting to move on from Wander Franco. I don't think this is, well, let's, let's take him off for now until this blows over. I don't think it's that. I think it's, we're done with them.
3: I mean, think about it. This is a team that's never invested, I mean, this kind of capital. Going back to when he was 16 years old and they gave him a $4 million signing bonus to become a, a Ray. Mm-hmm. They've never invested this type of capital in a player. Nope. And it was a big, was it a risk? I, I can't even really call it a risk because we all were saying that this guy was going to be an all-star for 10 seasons and by far the most talented player to ever step on the field in a Rays uniform. Nobody's going to dispute that. And that's what makes this situation just so tough, I'd imagine, if you're in that front office, if you're in that ownership group of what do you do.
4: But to me, I get a sense that this all really started when he got the big contract. When he got the big contract, that was, what, a year and a half ago? Yeah. I never heard of any issues with him before that.
3: No, the only incident that we had, and, I, and again, this, you, can just, you can have your own opinion on this, was the whole jewelry thing. That was stolen out of his car. That's really the only thing that had popped out where you might have went, mm, is that smart? But you know what? He's 21 years old. You, know, you move on from it. He'll learn from it. And then this year, it seems like we've had multiple occasions, obviously, mm-hmm. of immature behavior. Mm-hmm. Bottom line here, the grand scheme of things, regardless if, if anything comes out of this or not, Wanda Franco has a lot. And I mean A lot. Of growing up to do if oh, he's God going yes. to be the face of this franchise oh, God and the yes. Rays are going to give him the keys to be that guy and he's got to get himself surrounded by the right people yeah I feel like history tells us when you're surrounded by the wrong people things go sideways
4: and who who's the guy in that clubhouse that brings the gravitas that brings the legacy that brings the the respectability well, well
3: even not even in his own clubhouse I mean like in his own personal circles right
4: no exactly I don't know what his family's like. I don't know what his dad's like. I don't know what his sub- support structure is. I don't know. Um, this is Richie P. Oh, by the way, read reads Spanish. Uh, regarding Goldschmidt, you overlooked the fact that Goldie played with the other Molina and Pujols as it relates to Latino players that carries clout. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, Goldschmidt can go to, if, was, he, if he were in the clubhouse, he could go to one or go, look, you know, I played with the Otter. I played with, with Pujols. In fact, I got him on my phone right now. Why don't you talk to him for a while? Yeah, any, and if it's not Goldschmidt, it should have been somebody else. This team desperately needs a, a a clubhouse captain. They need a Jeter. They need somebody that can teach these young kids what you can and cannot do. Because you know, as I said earlier, Wander does not come in. Did not come into this locker room and or this organization in slippers. He came in stomping his feet. I'm driving a Bentley. I'm wearing this stuff. I'm dating money. I'm in your face. I'm big. I'm, I'm you know that make say what you want about Major League Baseball's unwritten rules or whatever. That does not play well in Major League Clubhouses. It just doesn't. You're not supposed to be that loud when you're a rookie. It, 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 baseball is a game of of, of rites of passage. And that's just not what young players are supposed to do. You can have your opinion on it or whatever. And this is clearly, he has rubbed guys the wrong way in this clubhouse. He is an issue in this clubhouse. He has not been a good teammate. And there were pieces of Glass interview last night that kind of hinted to the fact that, you know what? We might be better without him on the road here. Let's see what this team does. And you know what? After one game?
3: It was a good start.
4: It's a damn good start.
3: It was a good start. And, you know... You know, one thing I will say, the Rays have been a lot more willing, it looks like, this season to give some of these young guys a chance rather than treading water with some guys who are, you know, some f- maybe fringe or er, bottom-of-the-level yeah. major leaguers retreads. Like, Basabi's in there, and he's obviously he's just going to play free. He doesn't know anything yet. He's mm. just doing it. Curtis Mead, same thing, and some of the other guys. So, yeah, it's the Rays, as much as I think Wander Franco not being on the field drastically changes how I feel about their postseason chances, they still have a chance, and this is, again, trying to look at it at the optimistic point of view, to rally as a team, reset, and get back on track. And I thought last night was a good first step for that.
4: RJ says, reading a lot of the Spanish reports on Franco, and it just seems all very strange unless it was a typo, read that he filed a lawsuit against someone in July. Yeah, there was a complaint filed against him, and he filed a countersuit um, because of the extortion attempts. Um, Be careful with the translators, though, because they can mix up what's being said, but I really am am hoping that all of this is just him being blackmailed aside from baseball. Listen, and that happens in the DR. It happens everywhere, but especially in the DR. Um, A lot. Um, These are people's lives we're dealing with, and if he really did do something, it's really sick, but if he didn't, his career shouldn't be ruined over being blackmailed for money by desperate people. Um, yeah, listen, RJ, I, I, I hear you, and you don't have to go any further than the Ian Cole incident last year. Somebody made allegations on Instagram, they proved them to be untrue, and they suspended well, them even, for a week, and they went right back out.
3: Well, I don't even know if, here's the, the funny thing with that is, I don't even know if they were proven to be untrue, because the thing was, it was a social media post from somebody, who I don't believe had a profile picture or anything, Nope. put that whole social media post out there, and then that person never w- was willing to come forward to expound on what happened. So it just kind of, again, this is kind of how things work. Right. They just get buried, and then it's up to the court of public opinion. And in the Ian Cole incident, you listen, Ian Cole still gets backlash for that. Because at the end of the day, we don't know. Right. But that's not fair. It's probably not fair, that's but not it's the fair. same thing. We just don't know. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in.
4: Yeah. Um, absolutely. So we'll see where this goes. But for right now, um, he's out for at least a week. This, this road trip, he's been, he's, and he's getting paid, by the way. Right. The, the Rays are not compelled to pay him in this situation, but they have decided to do so. And there was an agreement between Wander and his agent that he would take this time off um, with the Rays. But my sense is the Rays are in a adversarial position with, with him right now. I don't think these two, I don't think they're on the same page. I, I don't I don't think that they're like, hey buddy, you know, we'll get you through this, you know, we'll help you out. I, I don't I don't get that sense.
3: Do you? It's again, it's it's just very tough to know. Yeah. It's very tough to know. I mean, this is also the same and this is again separate situation, but it's the same franchise that went public with his benching. And the reasons That's for why that I'm saying it, yeah. and the Rays have never been known to do that. Nope. They would they could have never brought that up and I bet you it would have never gotten out. Because that's how the Rays operate, but they felt they needed to do that. Yeah. So how does how did Wander feel about that? Right. Not it's good. It's the big thing.
4: Not good. You know, I, I would, I would. My feeling is right now that this is not going to be a long term marriage between the Rays and Wander Franco, and that may be a good thing. It may turn out to be a bad thing because there ain't no eye on this dude's talent, and when he matures, he could be honestly. A Hall of Famer and the greatest Ray that has ever played. Yeah, and we will have missed out on Josh Hamilton and Wander Franco. Yeah, and after having them in our in our organization, and, it, and it's sad.
3: Yeah, it's very sad.
4: Yep. Um, all right, couple other uh, notes I want to get. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Want to come back and uh, talk about this crazy Michael Orr story? What the hell? You're gonna blow up my blind sign? The whole thing? Really? This is kind of weird. Um, uh, FSU staying with the ACC for now. I'm shocked by that, to be quite honest with you. Um, And we'll get to a couple other things as well. Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott sign. Lots to get to here. And uh, JC Allen's going to join us from Peter Report at 1130. We're brought to you by Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo will join us at 1145. So stay tuned for that as well. Stay with us. sitting around the house. Well, the Golden Diamond Source will purchase a variety of different types of coins and bullion. Their gold buying program includes sterling silver, silver, platinum, and watches. They also accept unusual pieces that other jewelry stores do not, such as gold bars and sterling silver flatware. The list of items they do accept is far more extensive than those they don't, so check it out. While you're there, you can check out the largest collection of any family-owned jewelry store in the country, especially with summer coming to an end the holidays are right around the corner never too early to start your holiday shopping especially if you're planning on getting engaged or have any birthdays or anniversaries coming up come on in and find out what buying jewelry should be like with an expert staff of gold and diamond jewelry enthusiasts and the best part they treat you like family and if you're worrying about price don't the golden diamond source has something for everyone's budget they even have a layaway. If you stop in and get your favorite piece now, you can have it paid off by Christmas. Plus, you can even finance your purchase with 0% interest for up to five years. And you can get a $5,000 diamond for only $83 a month. It's the greatest folks in the world. Julian Steve Weintraub, the Golden Diamond Source. 3,800 Ulmerton Road. Always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance. And they did it again. Once again italiano insurance stepping up with the best customer service i was in a bind my old insurance company my auto insurance jacked up my rates so i called charity at italiano insurance and she stayed till nine thirty at night until she got my insurance done and guess what she searched all these companies for me i didn't do the work she did Saved me a thousand dollars on my annual premium a thousand dollars folks that's real real money and that's what you get at italiano insurance great customer service And here's another note for you, by the way, with hurricane season up, 40% of people in Florida are underinsured. That means if you have something happen during a hurricane and you need replacement costs, you're going to get 40% less than you deserve. Can't let that happen. Call the folks at Italiano Insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards. They will save you money and keep you insured properly. That's 813-877-7799. Great folks in the community been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance. 813-877-7799. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, bammc.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results, non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to Scott at amstampa.com. Let's go! Right now.
0: Back to the show with J.P. on, on Fan's Dream Sports. All right, welcome back to the
4: J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at Extravaganza Productions. If you have a event coming up, large or small, they can take care of all the setup, the audio-visual work, and help you on the creative as well. They've got a warehouse full of props, crazy stuff in there. To have a creative session with the great folks at EPI, uh, and it's free if you mention the J.P. Peterson show. So, if you got whatever event you got coming up, you want to do it right, uh, call the folks at Extravaganza Productions. I've worked with them many, many times on huge events like the Warrior Games to smaller events like fundraisers. Uh, they do it all. Great folks over there, uh, great prices. You'll be surprised uh, what you can get for the money. And uh, as I said, expert, make your event look big and professional with Extravaganza Productions. Just go to the website, extravaganzaproductions.com, email or call them through there. Well, um, this just broke about an hour ago and I um, wanted to definitely mention it. Sage Steele has uh, come to an agreement with ESPN and Disney in terms of her contract and the settlements and she is leaving and leaving with this great quote, I, now I could exercise her First Amendment rights more freely. That ought to tell you everything you need to know. That is true courage, my friends. True courage. What she has done over there at ESPN. I am uh, thrilled. She was uh, when she was here in Tampa Bay. I got to know her really well, and I call her a friend. And I think um, God bless her, and she will certainly land on her feet. Uh, and that's that's great sad sad that she doesn't feel like she could speak freely at a network like espn and i think if you watched espn over the last few years you could uh probably tell why but good for her good luck congratulations to sage steel as uh i'm sure she got a nice settlement too <laughs> sure she got a good one. and uh she'll she'll move on to something much more uh enjoyable for her um all right, so get to some of these other stories before we get J.C. Allen on here. Um, this Michael Orr story is the blind side. Crazy. Where 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 did this come from?
3: I, I, I wrote about this a little bit yesterday uh, with with on three. So he filed a petition in a, Senate, a Tennessee probate court uh, accusing the Tui family of profiting off his expense with the making of the blind side, which... I think we all would agree is a fantastic movie. It's on literally like every night on TV. So if you haven't seen it, I don't know what you've been missing. Uh, The movie, unfortunately is probably ruined because it turns out it's all a lie, which is Hollywood to an extent. There's nothing in there was always going to be true. And Michael Orr has been very vocal about, he hate the way that that kind of painted him. And he felt that it impacted his NFL career because a lot of teams viewed him as being like, without lack of a better term, dumb. And he felt that that so he never liked the movie, but then finding out that he was not actually adopted by the Tui family. And I guess he figured this out in February of 2023, which is obviously what six months before he filed the petition uh, was kind of the the big thing here that came out of this. And, you know, alleging that he made nothing off the film of The Blind Side and that the Tui family made millions off of a story that wouldn't exist without him. And I've personally said this, and my, these are now my personal feelings, not shocking one bit. You think it's true? What Michael Orr said? Yeah. I have no reason to think that. Well, we'll hold up the family. I put the quotes in here, too, in my story from Sean Tui, who did an interview with the, the Daily Memphian right after. And he actually outlines the reasons why they decided not to adopt him and went the other route. So he admitted it. That it's true, but his reason you can debate if you believe that's true or not.
4: Well, he said they didn't make uh, any. Well, Sean too, he said we didn't make any money off the movie. Michael Lewis gave us half of his share. Everybody in the family got an equal share, including Michael. It was about fourteen thousand dollars each. We were never offered money. We never asked for money. My money is well documented. You could look it up. How much I sold my company for? He sold his company for two hundred thirteen million. Right. The last thing I needed was forty grand from a movie. Sean Dewey said. I will say it's upsetting that people would think I would want to make money off any of my, my children. Well he didn't need to.
3: No, and that's also uh again I don't know the legal terms, but it's not technically your child, I guess, is no. it no?
4: No. <laughs> um I'm Sean Dewey called or allegations insulting and that he would be willing to end the conservatorship. Um, which is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: but for you not to tell, if this is true in this part here that you decided not to make that known to Michael Orr, only for him to find out twenty years later, that's just shady. I'm sorry, that's just shady.
4: What, so what? So he he wasn't adopted. No, but it was a conservatorship. They,
3: he, yes, he says that they made him sign a document where they tricked him into yeah tricked him into signing a document, making them his conservators is what Michael Orr said, right? right. And that mean that the Tooheys were allowed to make business deals and profit directly off of Orr's name all this time. Right. Right. So that's the big crux here. And then the quote that Sean Toohey said of why they did the conservatorship, he's, and I'll read the quote here, he said, Michael was obviously living with us for a long time, and the NCAA didn't like that. They said the only way Michael could go to Ole Miss was if he was actually part of the family I sat Michael down and told him, if you're planning to go to Ole Miss or even considering Ole Miss, we think you have to be part of the family. We would do that legally. We contacted lawyers who had told us we couldn't adopt over the age of 18. The only thing we could do was to to have a conservatorship. We were so concerned it was on the up and up and that we made sure the biological mother came to court.
4: So what's wrong with that?
3: Well, again, we have conflicting things here. He claims basically that they tricked him into signing this document, and he had no idea that it was conservatorship. He says right here he had a conversation with Michael and told him point blank. So now we have two conflicting well, then, things Well, and then the here. other
4: part of it is, did he really make money off of Michael, or, or was this just out of the kindness? What we're forgetting here is that they did bring him into his home, into their home and give him everything he needed, including going to the school and... Give him a great uh, foundation in order to get an NFL contract, something that they did not need to do. And certainly, this, it's, they didn't need the money. They didn't need to do a movie. And I'm certainly, when they brought him into their home, I'm, not, I'm, I'm pretty sure they weren't like, oh, we're going to get a movie deal out of this. This is one day going to be a great movie. I think when they first brought him into the, their home, they felt like this was a young man that needed a foundation and had a great opportunity to maybe do something in his life that he wasn't going to get without that foundation of having a home, place to go, security. I believe he went to a private school. They paid for the private school mm-hmm. and the coaching and all that, which he never would have got outside of the twoies.
3: Right. But, uh, yes, it's just... So
4: to, to act like this was some type of master manipulation of this young man in order to get a movie deal... They never thought it, when they brought him in when he was 16 years old that he was going to get a move. There was going to be a movie made of this. No, that stuff just happened. And I mean, you could. I don't know. I didn't do the, 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 the due diligence, but you can obviously look up to see how much money they made off this movie. I mean, that's got to be public record. And if, if Sean Tui saying we only made fourteen thousand and he's lying about it, you wrote a story about it. Is there a conflicting uh, opinions out there? How much money they made off of this?
3: There is definitely conflicting opinions now. Yeah.
4: According to what, what Michael Orr says, or does he have some proof?
3: Um, I mean, I haven't seen him provide proof. Again, these are his words, obviously. Okay. Maybe okay. he has proof to present in this. He should. I would Making
4: <laughs> these allegations.
3: Right. I would like to think he wouldn't make these allegations without having this all mapped out. And maybe that's what he's been doing for the last six months or so, gathering everything together. And learning more information about this,
4: well, where's the evidence?
3: It seems just like the beginning here. Okay. Of what's going to happen.
4: Okay. Yeah, this this seems like a a very um, interesting story. It has a, it, it tinges a lot like Colin Kaepernick, to be honest with you. Um, a family graciously bringing someone in uh, in a time when they needed it most, and now it's turned into this. And I, I had Michael Orr on my show many many years ago. And it was, ai will be honest with you, it was a bizarre interview. It was a bizarre interview, and yeah, you could definitely tell there was some, he didn't like the way the movie was made. Right, he's, that, he's been he,
3: very vocal about he that. He
4: thinks it painted him in a very poor light. Yes. And I think, obviously, when you're telling a story like this, you know, it's, it's age old in terms of a plot line. You want to take somebody and break them down and look like it's, you know, and then you build them back up. That's the triumph of the story, you know, you want this to make to paint the circumstances as dire as possible, so the triumph is is so is, is so emotional, and it makes you feel good. It's a great movie. Yeah. And, so, and by yeah, the way, I did want saying that's right. I did want to get this right.
3: I went back and looked at um, part of the legal filing. It says the movie paid, according to the legal filing, the movie paid the two the and their two birth children, each two hundred and twenty five thousand. Plus 2.5 percent of the film's "quote unquote" defined net proceeds, and the movie obviously grossed more than 300 million at the box office and tens of million dollars more in home video sales. Mm-hmm.
4: So that's 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 fact.
3: Yeah, that came from the legal filing.
4: The legal filing. Yes. From from Michael Oer. Yes. All right. Well, then then Sean Tuie is lying. You know, and that's that's a discoverable thing, and of the, which they'll find out. In the uh, right, in, yeah. I mean, I that would be pretty stupid for Sean Dewey to lie about that when it's when it's part of the legal filing. That would be really, really dumb. And if he did it, then then they deserve criticism. There's no, no question about it. Um, I, I just this, this seems like I don't very, know, maybe this, odd, this seems and again, odd, this is know, now my to be 30, 20 years later.
3: This is what this is why I said this though, okay, when I said I'm not shocked, and this is just my personal belief. And you can tell me if you disagree with this or not. I like to think that people in this world are good, yeah, and people want to do good things and yeah. help out people. But I just can't help but ignore the fact that it doesn't seem like that happens too much nowadays. So the whole story, I would, story from I would the, agree with that. The whole story from the beginning of taking somebody in that's a stranger and building them up, so to say, teaching them the game of football, you know, make millions of dollars, all those things. It sounds great. It's made for a movie, yeah. Clearly, in this yeah. case, but there's always been part of me that was like. Hmm. What are the real intentions here? It's just me. I, maybe I'm looking at it from a negative point of view, but I can't help. My mind can't help from go there I just, because I just refuse. It's it's hard for me to figure out that people are going to be that. It sounds stupid. Well, there's a, there's, but,
4: a, there's a there's a family here in town uh, that did the same thing for Mike Williams, who went to USC and played at Plant High School. Right. Um, same exact thing, and they did it out of the goodness of their hearts. Um, you know, same thing happened with Colin Kaepernick. You right. know, a white family adopted him and gave him every advantage in the world to achieve his goals, which is a great thing. And now they're just estranged. Um, you know, so I, I don't, I don't know what the what the true story is here. I just don't understand why a very wealthy family would uh, concoct some uh, nefarious scheme uh, to to benefit off this off this young man. I just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But you may be right. They may just be very evil, evil people. I don't mean, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. People, look at that guy over there. He's, he's down and out. Let's go get again, him. Let's maybe it's just problem. a me, maybe it's
3: just a me thing. But people who have that much money and can will their power around, you never know. Yeah. You never ever know. Yeah. Um, and again, I just have no reason not to believe Michael Orr. Yeah. I don't. I, I, I don't I, know
4: what. I don't know what his. Well, his motivation could be to, to, to get that money.
3: Well, clearly he doesn't want to be in a conservatorship any, anymore either. Oh, God, no. Knowing, unknowingly, unknowingly being in one for 20 years. Yeah. So it's, I
4: mean, that's weird that he would not know that. Because, obviously, it's public record. How would he not know it?
3: I have no idea.
4: <laughs> and, and, like, has it affected his business dealings? Did the two weeks take part of his, like, with... with um, Britney Spears was in a conservatorship for a long time. That that money was being directed. She wasn't allowed to. Well, here's my, 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 your my money. thing too. I want to know was he not directing his own money? Of course he was.
3: I want to know. By the way, what were journalists doing at this time? Doesn't this seem like something that? Yeah. People who cover the sport covered the story. It was obviously really big. Doesn't it seem like something sh- somebody could have found out. You know.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You could have. I, I, sometimes, it, part of the story makes me feel like it's a little semantics. Like if, you know, the two would say, oh, we adopted Michael. You know, it's, it, it, was it legally adopted? What is it figuratively adopted? Like he came into their home and did they want to not have to explain what a conservatorship is instead of adopting him because of NCAA rules? It was the only way he could get to Ole Miss. I mean, I don't know that that seems like, I, I don't know that. I just don't see why you would, if you're an affluent family scheme up you know some scheme to and maybe it was just after the fact that movie had so much success that they they uh, you know cooked up this deal after the fact i don't know but if if michael orr was not if the two made all this money off of him and he got none of it that's bullshit
3: yeah because like he said the story doesn't exist without him
4: yeah exactly 100 100 or it you know doesn't exist without the two either but um they, they you know I don't know if anybody should have benefited from that financially, but why not? You know, but certainly Michael more than anybody. Yeah, yeah, th- th- without question. So we'll see what the what the what the uh, what the what the court says if that's true or not. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, J.C. Allen's going to join us from Pewter Report. Uh, we'll chat with him about um, Sunday's practice that he was at, where Baker Mayfield may have really seized the job from Kyle Trask. So stay with us. Quick break. Fitz, the mortgage guy, did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595, or go to Scott at com. JP here for my good friends at Italiano Insurance, and they did it again, once again, Italiano Insurance stepping up with the best customer service. I was in a bind. My old insurance company, my auto insurance, jacked up my rate, so I called charity at Italiano Insurance. And she stayed till 9:30 at night until she got my insurance done. And guess what? She searched all these companies for me. I didn't do the work she did, saved me a thousand dollars on my annual premium. A thousand dollars, folks. That's real, real money. And that's what you get at Italiano Insurance great customer service. And here's another note for you by the way, with hurricane season up, 40% of people in Florida are underinsured. That means if you have something happen during a hurricane and you need replacement costs, you're going to get 40% less than you deserve. Can't let that happen. Call the folks at Italiano Insurance and get them uh, to help you out in both those regards. They will save you money and keep you insured properly. That's 813-877-7799. Great folks in the community been doing it for over 60 years. Italiano Insurance. 813-877-7799. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back.
4: We're brought to you by the great folks at the Golden Diamond Source. Hey, you got a bunch of uh, silverware laying around, flatware? Well, you can turn that into money. Oh, grandma's old set of forks and knives, remember that thing? Bring that down to the gold and diamond source, and you can get cold, hard cash. If you got silver coins, gold coins, of course you've got a few gold coins hanging around, right? Bring that down to the gold and diamond source, and they'll give you cash money. They're paying big money for this stuff right now, so lots of stuff you don't even think you can get money for. Old jewelry, silver, whatever it is, bring it in. You'll find out and uh, take home some cold, hard cash. All right, let's welcome in our good friend J.C. Allen from the Pewter Report. What's up, partner? How are you? Good. How are we doing, guys? uh, We're getting closer to real, real, real football, so I'm excited. Um, You were at the the Sunday practice. I was not, but uh, from what I've heard you guys talk about on the Pewter Report podcast, must listen, uh, Baker Mayfield may have separated himself even more than he did in Friday night's game, so tell me about that.
1: Yeah, he's just really um, decisive on the throws, obviously, we know turnovers is going to be a big factor of who wins this battle, but also explosive plays, downfield passes, and he connected with Mike and, and Chris on a few of those, one in particular being a beautiful 80-yard touchdown uh, grab by Mike Evans over um, uh, Isaac, I uh, forget his first name, quarterback last name Isaac, number 16, uh, number 16, so... Mike's just doing incredible things in camp this year. He's just making people look silly. Doesn't matter if it's a starter, especially with the backup. He's on a whole other level. I talked about that last week. I've never seen him this dialed in. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, Baker's making a little bit more decisive decisions, getting rid of the ball. Actually chucked one into the stands at one point. Dan uh, was hoping for a lucky souvenir, but they had to toss it back in. But, you know, Trask also looked pretty good. Um, Both turned up the heat, and, and they got off the track pretty good. Um, there's a little bit of a sack of Palooza there, but he has some nice uh, deep connections to to Chris Godwin, who made a nice uh, leaping catch over Jamel Dean for 30 plus yards. So, yeah, I think Baker, if he continues to just play turnover free, um, or at least limit those mistakes, and continue the downfield explosive plays, um, we talked with Dave Canales earlier in the offseason, and he talked about the offense being body blow, body blow, body blow, haymaker. And if Baker can keep delivering those daymakers, he's going to set himself up for a good position to win that starting job.
3: And going back to the uh, the Friday preseason game, I think we all saw with Baker, uh, it was a very efficient showing for him, 8-9, obviously, in the touchdown. But when it comes to Kyle Trask, you know, I, I don't even know how to really evaluate the performance because I thought there was some good in there. There obviously was the pick. The pressure was. The pressure got to him a few times. He had a what a twenty twenty five yard throw over the middle to co-keep that was dropped. How did you evaluate that performance for Kyle Trask? Is there is he have a pathway you think to get back into this? Yeah. So
1: Kyle, you know, and Coach Bulls mentioned it and just watching it, he he was there with the same offensive line, same uh, weapons out there. He, he had the same opportunities. I think obviously the heat index was at one hundred and six at at a seven o'clock game start. Ooh. So. It kind of wore the guys down, and, and with Pittsburgh, you know, throwing in fresh guys in there um, against that same line that had played that entire first half and into the second half, um, there were some definitely some points where um, you could see guys were a little bit sluggish. Um, obviously, you mentioned the Coquille drop, um, you know, the pressure getting to him. Uh, one of those was was definitely not on Luke Getteki. Another one, uh, you know. Herbert just kind of got the inside shoulder on him uh, and got to, got to the quarterback. But again, it's it's a back and forth. He didn't have the same success, but I thought the throws, the reads that he was making, other than that interception where he just kind of held on to it and, and the safety read his eyes there, um, I thought it was still a good performance. Um, obviously, he didn't get the touchdown, but if you look at that situation, you know, I think with Baker's touchdown, the, cor- the corner just kind of timed it wrong. He jumped. A little bit earlier, that's a knockdown and potentially interception. So I think as, as nice as that play that was for Trey Palmer, that was still one of those throws that if you're throwing against a number one cornerback, that might be an interception in the end zone. So, you know, there's positives and negatives from both of the guys. Like I said, I think Baker is probably starting to pull away a little bit. But again, I mean, we all really thought Baker it was his job to lose in the first place. Uh, Trask has got a big opportunity this week um, Especially if the Jets are going to play some of their starters Remember this is their third preseason game After that Hall of Fame game So we might see some more of that, those starters Maybe even an appearance by Aaron Rodgers uh, This week uh, as they start to tune up For the regular season So Trask has got a big challenge ahead of them uh, With that defensive line and those edge rushers That can get to the quarterback And we'll see how, how things shake up um, With only one practice now uh, The Bucs might play some more of their starters too So we'll see how it goes mm-hmm.
4: What JC, come on. What are you on? Team Trask now? What 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 am I, Did you bet I'm on, on Trask team. Did you bet on Trask to be the starter? Come on, you are you, be, you banging on, on Baker Loverty Mayfield for the that most exciting. for that perfect throw. Are you kidding me? Right over there with great anticipation where where Trey Palmer comes right in the perfect trajectory as an ex quarterback, I'm taking Umbrage. With your oh, that could what would have jumped the Are you kidding me? That Listen, was, that, mean, that, that hey, was if that's unbelievable. Ramsey,
1: that's probably a pick. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, going against the second string cornerback, third string cornerback. I mean, uh, oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers man. they completely rehauled their defensive back. There. It was a it was a beautiful catch. You know, it was a good throw. I just think that you know, great t- throw. The the great timing throw. against the starter might be a little bit different. just catch the a soft guard there. He's probably coming down with that pick.
4: Well, listen, if it was Sauce Gardner, he probably would have gone somewhere else with the football. I don't know, but come on now, you got to give the guy credit <laughs> right. for making. No, the I mean throw it, was a, it was a
1: throw. beautiful, it was a beautiful throwing catch. I'm not going to take it away from him. I'm just saying, there's context to look at too. You know, you can't just look at you can't just look <laughs> no, at I traffic hear. interception, and you can't just right. look at Baker's touchdown. And things you got to see how they ran the offense, how efficient they were. We don't know the play calls. You can look at the all twenty-two and kind of see what was going on and what they were trying to accomplish. But at the end of the day, we have to just discern from what we're seeing and you know obviously it was an amazing catch i thought it was a good throw but i also rooted in reality you know if that's a top cornerback that's a tight window throw to make he completed it but i'm not sure against a number one quarterback you know that's that that's necessary a completion and not a tip ball or an interception just you know you well know.
3: I, uh, My thoughts on it.
4: We can agree to disagree. <laughs> right, well,
3: let's let's shift gear. Let's let's talk about Luke Getteki. Let's talk about Luke Getteki because I, yeah, like I think the, we'll all agree on this one. <laughs> well, I mean, I think in the moment we watched the game and we we're like, oh, he's having an awful game. And then I saw immediately I was one of, or immediately I was one of those guys. And then I saw the Josh Capo breakdown that he did on Pewter Report, and I'm like. Okay, I under I understand now there was more kind of things going on with some of those sacks that he allowed and everything, and you had just mentioned it. But, you know, the fact that this was basically, what, his second game playing right tackle in the NFL, and by the time he gets to Minnesota, he will only have played, what, four games, assuming that he plays the next two preseason games. Do you think that mm-hmm. we have to be a little patient with Luke Gedeke, or do you think the Bucks can even afford to be patient with Luke Gedeke? Because if we get to week one... You know, Daniil Hunter's on the other side of the ball, and if he blows him up, is that do you think Todd Bowles needs to have a quick trigger in that situation, or do they even have a, a backup plan there? I
1: don't know if they do. I mean, if you look at the landscape, Eric Flowers went unsigned all last season, he was a pretty decent uh, tackle in his own right um, as a swing tackle for a vision and possibly a right tackle or guard, um, and he didn't even play, so... You know, I don't see anyone on the market that can step up and and make an immediate impact. I think they have to roll with Gedeke. The only potential move I can see them making, which is something they probably don't want to, is to maybe move Matt Filer to that right tackle spot Mm -hmm. and then insert either a Robert Hainsey or Nick Leverett into that left guard spot, depending if Jensen starts the season and one of those guys isn't your starting center. So, you know, I I think you got to allow him to have those hiccups. I think this team, especially on offense, Needs to be allowed grace until after the bye week. Um, There's going to be a lot of moving parts. Again, everyone's still learning the defense. I mean, the offense. um, The installs are going pretty well, but you know, you're not getting these reps in preseason games the start because you can't afford injury, right? And we've seen that with quarterbacks not even playing in the the preseason, And, and they're going to hold some of these guys out to make sure that there's no injuries or no nagging injuries that that come up in these preseason games. So, I think that whole that that first four weeks of the season, you got to give some grace to Gedeke, to Mauk, to, to the offensive line in general, uh, to the quarterbacks, to the receivers. Everyone needs to have a little bit of grace there, and they really don't have another option to go to. Um, obviously, you know, cutdowns are going to happen. Maybe there's an option that comes up there. They're currently using uh, Justin School and Brandon Walton, getting them reps at both sides of the tackle lines as, as that swing tackle. But I don't know how comfortable you feel about one of those guys stepping in and placing Gedekie. He's got more talent than both of those guys. Um, I think he's just going to kind of ride it out and, and hope the improvement comes. Remember last year at left guard, he just faced a murderer's row of defensive tackles. Doesn't have that murderer's row type, type against uh, the first four weeks of the season, but he's certainly going to be tested. And it's going to give him a chance to figure out. And continue to push through, and hopefully he, he turns into what the Bucks hope, what Bucks fans hope is is a above average right tackle for the for the offensive line and for the team.
4: JC Allen joining us here from the Pewter Report. Um, what do you think about uh, this slot corner starter? Is it going to be Delaney? Is it going to be Izian? Um, is Zion McCullum kind of playing his way into it? Is he more an outside guy? Um, you know, I, I talked to Zion after the game, and I was impressed with. Something that he said. He said on that first play where he got burned for the touchdown, I'm in great position, but I hesitated. I hesitated at the moment when I should have jumped the ball. And he goes, and I missed the ball and the tackle. He says, I got to be, I, and he said, uh, later on in the game, I, I, I said, this is the time I got to get my head around. He pops his head around and gets the interception. So hopefully that was the moment where he said, I just, you know, where I've got to play with my, and, and listen to my instincts and not hesitate. Um, where do you think that that position battle is right now?
1: I think Zion's more of an outside guy. Um, I just don't see him as in really in this slot battle. Um, as far as D Delaney, he's obviously got the experience. He's also that guy that you know you can utilize in the slot. You can use him on the outside. Heck, you can even use him at safety if you need to. So I think their preference is that Isian or Josh Hayes would step up into that level where they feel comfortable with them as the starter. Um, I think if you're looking at those two or three guys in that competition, even Bull says it. Is-, is probably the leader in the clubhouse right now. They really like what this kid brings. He's fast. He's intelligent. Um, it reminds me of Antoine Winfield. I mean, everyone I talked to D. Delaney um, after practice on Sunday, and he was like, you we call him Little Antoine because that's kind of what he, his body frame is, his 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 speed, his intelligence." Um, and he is a perfect guy to be able to cover those quick slot guys in there. Um, so I think they're really hoping that he wins the job. Um, certainly the competition for that is not over. There's several spots where the competition is still strong. Outside linebacker, wide receiver, tight end. Um, but then they all have their work cut out for them. They're going to need to just spring some practices together. But I think if, if you have to go right now, who's going to be that starter? I think you're looking at, at Izzy as the slot nickel cornerback when they, when they open up on week one.
4: All right, J.C., good stuff, my man. Appreciate you all the time. Tell all the folks what they can get from uh, Pewter Report and all the stuff you got coming up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. always find our work over at pewterreport.com, Pewter Report on Twitter, all the socials. Uh, Pewter Report TV will be having breakdowns. we uh, yeah, got Matera and Adam Silvach, um They're going up to Jets camp, uh, so they'll be there for that and for the game. So make sure you're, you're keeping it right there on our Twitter page for all that access and practice notes and stuff like that. Um, you can find me at JCLNFL um, on Twitter for all your Bucks coverage. But guys, as always, thanks for having me on. Enjoy spending the time with y'all.
4: Awesome, brother. Appreciate it. Give a little bit more respect to those quarterbacks, will you? Come on, man. Come
1: on. All right. <laughs> Thank I you, Jason. I got you. I got
4: you. <laughs> I got you. Uh, all right. Uh, let's welcome in our good friend uh, Chris Lugo from Bay Area Modern Medical Center. What's up, Chris? How you doing, partner? Ooh. Good. Good. Hold on. Hold on. Say there. Ooh. We went we, a little too fast for uh, for nimble fingers over here. How are you, you, partner?
2: Nick. I'm unbelievable. How are you guys doing?
4: Good, good, good. Um, we're uh, we're still digesting uh, the Ryan Jensen story, which we have talked so much about, um, and it's it's not going well for Ryan Jensen. He's uh, missed a couple days of practice now, and I think they may be um, reevaluating his situation as far as uh, getting surgery or or continuing, uh, hopefully, to, that the stem cells will, will heal him. Um, but I'm guessing a lot of people in the medical community are watching this very closely. What do you hundred percent.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised by this. I think you and I have chatted about that. I'm not yeah. overtly surprised. He's an, he's an athlete. Um, he's not a Joe Schmo. He's not you. He's not me. He's not Nick. He's not someone who works nine to five. This guy has got to be a hundred percent good five six days of the week when he's training and when he's and on his off days probably only days doesn't have to be but um when you're running all eight cylinders like that i'm not too overtly surprised that he might need surgery
3: have you ever dealt with anybody that's gotten these stem cells and then it didn't work out for them and they've had to go that surgery route have you dealt with that directly before
2: i have not um the vast majority of time it's buying them time and these are people that have gotten PRP. These are people who gotten stem cells here in the United States. Um, those are ones who buy time five, seven years down the line where they don't need surgery. And they're like, hey, look, I'm still not ready to go under the knife. I'm going to do it another again for another five to seven more years. Versus you're doing that cortisone shot, which is great. It's a Band-Aid. It's duct tape you're putting on a wound that you eventually got to rip off. That duct tape's going to hurt when it comes off. You can only do so much cortisone over your life, and it's got repercussions, right? It's going to raise your glucose. Um, it's going to put a little stress on your adrenal glands. There's a whole slew of things. But when people don't see a rash breakout or they don't feel miserable that uh, at that point, they're like, it's got to be good, right? But it does cause more harm than good over time. Yeah.
4: So Chris, uh, Chris is my primary care physician now, and I did my blood work a couple weeks ago, and we went over this. Uh, Sunday, and yeah. you spent an hour with me. By the way, thank you very much for your time. And You're it, You know what? It kind of strikes me. You know, I'm here. I am 60 years old. For the first 55 years of my life, I never had a doctor say, "Hey, let's go get your blood work done and look at what it it, it tells us and direct your care, your preventative care, based on what's going on in your in your blood work." Um, and, and and it's like it's it's almost like what the hell were they thinking? Like, this is absolutely, a, I don't, it shouldn't be a, bra- a groundbreaking approach, but it is, right? It's like most doctors don't do this. And so I wanted to kind of go through it and, and you explain to the folks why these numbers, te- what these numbers tell you and how it can help you direct the plan of attack so you can prevent things that are going to happen in the future
2: it's that stereotypical Western medicine I wait for you to have something <laughs> wrong so then I can fix right right it, it, like we chatted about with the orthopedic surgeons or they want to they want to be able to do something they're not going to recommend something else preventative care is different right we're not waiting for something the shoe to drop we want to prevent that shoe from dropping we want to be a functional mature adult things that Nick aren't people like Nick aren't thinking about in their 20s that you should start thinking about. It. You should start paying attention to those old frail people at the grocery store, at Walmart, that everyone wants to make fun of and post them on Instagram, but that could be you one day if you don't do that. And as I joke around with guys back in the day, like, hey, look, you take better care of your car than you do yourself. <laughs> True. So, hey, let's look under the hood, and that's the purpose of the work. Yeah. looking under the hood, exposing what's wrong, um, and let's get it fixed before. Hey, you're broken down the side of the road, and it's two o'clock in the morning.
4: Yeah, and and these are like these are things like heart attacks, diabetes, Correct. Um, Correct. gout, all these things that you can detect in your blood work, prostate problems. So, and I Correct. don't, you know, I'll, I'll wave my hippo rights here and 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 talk about my specific situation. I mean, there are some there are some concerns. We'll start with the triglycerides, right? So that's a number that yeah. that is out of, out of whack. So talk a little bit about what we're, what we're doing to alleviate that.
2: Yeah. So triglycerides. So the new lipid guidelines came out in 2019. Everyone in the world is on board except for the United States. Everybody wants to talk about good cholesterol and bad cholesterol, which are really bad terms to use because LDL really isn't a bad molecule. It's actually pretty good when you get sick. At health. It kind of helps as a hormone to uh, modulate uh, the, the inflammatory process. Total cholesterol. one reason why we talk about total cholesterol because big pharma did all their research. Your statins, a lot of your listeners are on. It's all based off of total cholesterol. So if I don't talk about total cholesterol, I can't put you on a statin drug. Triglycerides. Okay, that's going to be talked about seven five percent. It's going to be. It's going to be diet. Staying away from the big seven as we talk about. And then apolipoprotein B, B is in Bravo, that's the actual culprit shoving cholesterol into your artery walls. That's why it's more important because we found this over research over the years. Hey, this is the actual culprit. Not that total cholesterol is, but because total cholesterol is account, including HDLs and LDLs, right? So mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about the actual culprit who's causing the, the issue. That's apolipoprotein B. and That's 75% exercise, 25% diet. I have patients all the time while I play tennis. So I'm glad you're getting outside. I'm glad you're uh, going for a walk. I'm glad you're playing for 30 minutes of tennis, but it's not really high functional tennis. You're just lobbing the ball back and forth. It's not very competitive. Right. Like joke of right. does, right? Those right. guys are
4: they're fit. They're playing hardcore. Yeah. All right.
2: I'm glad you're active, but it's not weight training. It's not strength training. That is the key as we're getting older. You don't have to think that much when you're in your 20s and early 30s you need to be thinking about that when you get into your 40s and 50s when bone loss can start taking place because of hormones.
4: And also uh, my uh, omega 3s, my fish oils were way down cuz I you know I haven't been taking them lately. And so uh, this is like that was a number that jumped out at you. Tell us why.
2: Yeah, fish oil so two my favorite two uh, supplements are going to be vitamin D and fish oil. Vitamin D has been associated with hypertension, obesity, diabetes, bad viral outcomes, wink, wink, COVID, Uh, but all viral outcomes, right? Because it's been actually researched that they will help with the the, the virus. And then omegas, omegas are huge too, because that's gonna help with your lipid profile, okay? Your apolipoprotein B, your triglycerides. And it's also gonna help with those little aches and pains. It's an anti-inflammatory, so it's gonna help with you. So you're not getting that aches and pains in your knees, your shoulders so much. So when you get off the ground, you don't make that grunting sound so much. (laughs) and look, these are players that you, it's like the guys up in, uh, who are doing the film right, so um, oh shoot, I forgot his name um, from the Lightning, who has been with the Lightning for, for years doing the, the, the Nigel. film Nigel. work not Nigel, Nigel, Nigel. Yeah. Nigel's been with the Lightning for years, right uh, uh, Julian Breezeball will tell you that team would not function at the top notch they are without Nigel being there doing all the filming but he's a guy behind the scenes doing a lot of the work, that's vitamin D that's fish oil doing things behind the work that, hey, years later, it pays off.
4: Yeah, and, and you can see in the blood work also certain markers that will say, okay, you, you might have an increased risk of prostate cancer or other things too. So um, talk a little bit about those, those particular ones and how important they are for preventative care.
2: Yeah, so PSA, prosthetic-specific antigen, that's the blood work for the prostate. But as you get older... Um, You need the old finger wave too, they go hand in hand like peas and carrots. But that gives us some informational on what's going on with the prostate, right? Because an elevated PSA means a lot of different things. And actually technically, it can be actually an age dependent thing. So a guy comes in at 45 years old and younger, his PSA really truly should be less than a 1.5. 55, 2.5, 65, 3.5, and then we let you float up to four But when someone's got an elevated PSA, what does it mean? It can mean a lot of different things. Um, So that's the things that we need to sort out in the office visit. Hey, did you have some crazy sex the night before? Did you do anything you probably shouldn't have done? Uh, Hey, do you have any problems urinating? Is this a BPH thing, a a large prostate? Or, hey, could this possibly be prostate cancer? Those are the things you got to sort out with them. So you can't hang your hat on that number going, oh, that means this, not technically. And that's why PSA gets a
3: bad rap.
4: Well, any questions for Dr. Lugo this week?
3: I had it. This is an interesting one. I don't know if you can answer this, but I thought I'd bring it up to you. We were talking with Sal Palantonio the other day, and we were talking about kind of like, pra- like the Bucks practicing and everything, and obviously extreme heat is going on and everything. And, you know, he had a take, and you even followed this up with, a lot of these guys, you know, they think like they're getting used to the heat when they're practicing in the extreme temperatures, but at the end of the day they kind of feel like they're just getting worn down more and that kind of ends up affecting them over a 17-game season. Uh, do you kind of agree with that kind of standpoint when you're in? Like, do you ever get used to the heat, basically, is what I'm saying? Would here. you
4: practice them indoors yeah. or, or outdoors? I mean, or mix, you know, mix it up a little bit to, to what would be most effective on game day?
2: Right. Born and raised in Tampa. It's just as hot as when I was a kid. The difference is these kids now are playing on artificial turf yeah. when they're outside. Okay, not that they're indoors, so they got indoor artificial turf. But outside, that, that artificial turf is hot as hell. It's retaining heat, 130 degrees, 140 degrees sometimes. Okay, um, we have more concrete in this city now than we did here when I was a kid. That heat now is retaining. So it feels hotter mm-hmm. because we're retaining more. Yes, you listen to the channel like people, this is the hottest July on record. What's the temperature right now in New York? And what's the temperature right now in Michigan? It's in the 70s right now. Yeah. But four weeks ago, headline news was, we are burning down this earth. It's an inferno. Oh, my God, we're going to die. And they're already in the 70s. Uh, one of my patients just got back from Michigan, played three rounds of golf in four days. He goes, I didn't even have a drop of sweat on me, <laughs> okay, because yeah. it was beautiful weather. Yeah. Well, we, you guys know it. I know it. We love playing teams here in, in, the, in the fall here when it's warm outside because they're used to playing in the cold. So I think, my personal professional opinion is, we get used to the heat training and the heat. You look at our guys when we go play in the wintertime, Nick, sure. our guys are bundled up. They're freezing their ass off.